good people and fellow students welcome to another episode of all that yes and today is a special episode because we're, we're trying something new this is called the yes sessions and these are sessions where i'm going to be talking with other creatives about some of the favorite work that they've done on a specific project and today i have a monster because the artist I'm going to be talking with is a chart-topping musician that has released a slew of projects that have been housed under jazz. I think the first time I heard of him was through his collaboration piece with Tando called Dimpo Tzalefaatse, a man who honors his ancestry with his music by making sure his totem always appears in his project cover arts. A self-taught engineer, composer, producer whose music has made it to Times Square not once, but twice in the last year alone. Ladies and gentlemen, a trailblazer in his own right. So, Mariope, how are you doing, sir? Hey, bro, I'm well in yourself, man. I am all right. How is this Sunday treating you? Hey, bro, it's a busy one. I, I didn't sleep and we're still working. But yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be a good one later, man. And how's your Sunday? It's, uh, I feel like we, we, we are on the same page. I have not slept. I am currently running on fumes, but I'm trying my best <laughs> to push through the That's energy awesome. because yes, the voice is what... <laughs> Yeah. Now, the reason why we are here today is to talk about your brand new project, where it came from, the inspiration, and some of your favorites on it. But before we get to that, can you just give us a bit of an introduction to maybe what I may have not missed in terms of how you got into music? What has been your journey with music? How did you get into music? And yeah, what was that like? I think with the music, I've been making music for a very long time. But back then, the trend, you just want to be like a rapper, you know? So I used to make a lot of music with two producers specifically. But both of them are Tabang, funny enough. And they're good friends of mine, man. I'm actually with one of them now. And he's one person that even before I was producing, I'd go to their studio to basically go lace bars. But now the thing is, when you're in studio, you're always watching what, like, I'd always watch what the producer is doing. Yeah. So I actually like started finding a love for like production. I think the other musical background was like church, youth choir and like just playing flute. I learned my first instrument at church. That's when I kind of understood that I can't read music, bro, at all. I tried and I think my gift was that I'd be able to just play with my ear. So you'd play it once, twice, and then I'd probably get it. So that's that's how I used to make it through. And even till today, even with the saxophone, like I play according to my ear. But now I want to actually learn more about music. I'm actually now learning more so that I actually understand what I'm doing. A good friend of mine was actually telling me that it's a good thing that I learned using the ear first because now it would be like it's the practical first, now the theory yeah yeah and in order to be like a super great musician like you need to actually understand all sides you know but i'd say more than anything like the ear for me is that's where you catch the feeling of a song or you feel that special thing about a song yeah and that's um speaking to towards your point specifically with jazz jazz is heavy on interpretation and interpretation yeah. is us feeling you so i think it does also speak to even you just being in jazz and you being an interpreter first now learning the the mechanics behind what it yeah. is that you're actually interpreting just by feeling so today we are here to talk about motherland jazz which is your first album first of all congratulations how are you feeling you now so that much, you bro. have your first album album what is this moment like for you um it's unreal bro because i didn't actually i wasn't confident enough to actually drop an album 
but like I had to push through that, you know, that non-confidence, bro. And like what made me believe is the music. Also, the people I work with are like super dope people. And once they add their color, like a voice, then it changes the whole like complexity of the song. So it's that kind of thing that kept me going. So like music is a collective, bro. I wouldn't even have been able to do it if I wasn't working with people, you know. I pride myself with working with people because... You learn a lot. And I think being a composer or a producer, you, you need to work with people. You can start alone, but the whole process, you need to work with people. So what was the inspiration behind calling it Motherland Jazz and the whole kind of concept? Because a lot of your music is instrumental heavy, as opposed to yeah. actually, as you already spoken about, being vocal heavy. So in your approach to this, was there a story that you were trying to convey, first of all, because not everything has to be a story? But yeah. what was the inspiration behind motherland jazz i think doing that previous project the crossover it made me realize that when you're from sa you actually have a certain flavor about you i'd send the beat over and then maybe because it's so different like they can't interpret it but what's dope about being south african mm. is like we're exposed to so many cultures and so many sounds so you could literally make anything just because of the good ear you have right so yeah. i i wanted to create like a new sound or my own sound rather because there's nothing new under the sun. It's existed before. But just wanted to create my own sound where jazz is, is, is always like put in a certain way. So you have to read it off a sheet. It's very cultured. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to break the rules because we don't really have many digital producers making jazz. Well, we don't know about them. They're probably there. Um, I follow Siba Kapstad. That's like when I got inspired as well. They make like crazy Ooh, stuff. I love them and, so much. Yeah, you know. And it's through like a digital age as well, where the typical jazz you'd hear in essays, that classic, you know, contemporary jazz, which is like our culture. We can't run away from it. That's the basis of everything. And I was like, yo, how could I use that same basis of, you know, that, that, that sound that we have here, hmm. but like add funk to it, add kicks, bro, you know, like add weird effects. Add your own you know, spin. Play with the guitar. Yeah, you know, so like mix different genres to create this weird sound. It's jazz for me, but it goes across a lot of genres. So the other thing is being able to create one body of work, but you can hop into different places. Like you don't have to be trapped and say, I'm going to make this one thing, you know. Yeah. But you can use different elements in that to create it as a nice sonic. So for me, it was just about like showing myself more than anybody that I love producing. Producing is like, I'd say it's my favorite thing to do. Through the album, I was able to see that as well, that, yo, I can really produce. It basically taught me mixing digital and analog and how powerful it is to do that. Vela, you create this new sound of which is being appreciated. And that means a lot to me because like at some spot, you're like, yo, will someone even listen to this? Because I didn't, I didn't know what kind of sound it is myself. Yeah. Know? And hence the name Motherland Jazz, because representative of it basically is to tell her like a, a story, bro. At the end of the day, it's about a self journey and finding yourself, you know, even in the sound, if you listen to my previous EPs, like they sound sad, bro. Like my first two EPs are sad. If you remember uh, when I reached out to you, actually, what did I say? I said, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting this wrong, but everything prior yeah. to this has been very, very mellow and sometimes even leaning on morbid. Because the first song that I properly listened to of yours was a tribute to Credo. And I was arrested. Like I could not move. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And why am I mourning? I don't know what I'm mourning, but right now, I have been put in a state where if there's something I need to mourn right now is the time that I need to feel yeah. that emotion. And from there, I was like, yo, 
this is how we're starting (laughs) and then then it just went on so then by the time I got to motherland jazz I was like yeah this feels like he's in a different space he's a little bit more happy and more fluid there's still tension I think my favorite song actually on the album has a lot of tension in it I think that's maybe why I'm drawn to it as much but that was our first point of contact to be like yeah (laughs) we're going through things when you're composing these first few projects yeah man that's what I love about music like it basically like I said the discovery of self we have to accept that a lot of things we do we do them but there's people working behind the scenes you know and obviously I call them the ancestors and you know if you borrow your 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 body to them and you will accomplish what you need to do that's why I'm like I make the music with feeling you know I don't I'm going to try act like a genius or whatever but it's just all about the feeling you feel when you play that thing and it's like in that place I was very down space and now it's different as well you know and like you said, with some songs, you can still feel like a bit of tension, but it's based on the topic. I want to be able to, for someone to feel the same thing I feel when I'm listening to that myself. Because sometimes I listen to it, I'm like, yo, did I even make that? Because it's a different experience when you, you that's when you realize that, nah, dog. Sometimes we do things, but we don't know what we're doing. It's only in the afterthought that you really feel the yeah, full effect of what it, it is. So we're going to kick things off with what is my favorite song thus far on this project. It is called Memories of Rue. The song, I literally, I'm a script writer and what I was seeing was just, you know, in the movie, in one of those movies when the hero has something that he has to do, this big goal that, he, that he's been needing to do, and then something yeah. in his life goes wrong, but now they have to decide the big presentation is tomorrow and I've just found out that my father died or that my girlfriend is breaking up with me. And now you have to sit with this kind of tension as to, I have to get over this emotion, but at the same time, I have to make sure that I can get to where it is I need to go. Those are the scenes which are playing in my head. It felt like a collage. I was seeing, not a collage, a montage. I was seeing like these high lush buildings and apartments, smoke, like the character never smokes, but now shit is so real that they're smoking. That is the fear feeling I got when listening to this song and the song is called Memories of Rue. was how I interpreted it because it literally for me it felt like a score so what was the intention behind Memories of Rue how did it come up take us through that experience for starters Rue is my late dad my dad passed on 2014 
it's still crazy bro like grief is a crazy thing it feels like long ago in terms of like numbers but in terms of feeling it feels literally just like yesterday so it's a thing that i deal with like on a daily basis the feeling that i went to that track with was exactly that what i was listening to at the time as well was um, i was listening to christian scott he has an ep called ancestral recall he plays with drums man and that's the first thing so it's like the drums are the calling that's how you feel the the first emotion yeah you know it's the heartbeat secondly then when the melody starts moving the piano also comes in so it also that for me is where the drama kicks in like with that yeah i was like it's it's real right now it just zones you in and for the first like 30 seconds it's in it's really not even doing much range it's just there around and then yeah when the bass like comes in that's what actually moves the song because initially when i when i was done like producing the song i knew who i had in mind to put the bass there his name is mercedes he's one of the dopest and he was like yo let's let's try that using like you know different basses instead of actually using a bass bass so yeah. we played around with like the lock drum obviously because like piano you know has a lot of lock drum broken beats also uses this drum but it's it's not like a lock drum it sounds like a lock drum but it's not the lock drum it's just the bass so we used that and we realized that yo this is actually moving the song like that's what moves the song and then the last element was i've got lifama fuso playing the guitar right i had him in studio as well he came through initially i had like the sax playing throughout the song and then like later i was like nah, i need to chop it up to give like another instrument um an expression of what we're actually saying and he killed it it was a beautiful session and we probably did it in like an hour it was an amazing session it was our first session ever actually that was your first session and then was it violence the strings which kind of for me was what then fully put us in mourning so i love strings one of my plugins that i love the most is strings like at times i actually need to tell myself what I chose. Don't use strings now because you use them too much. <laughs> like for real, I love strings, bro. They add a dramatic effect, especially in terms of feeling. They have this thing of exaggerating. Like let's say all the sounds are playing and you play the strings. The strings exaggerate everything. They're like an exclamation mark, you know? It's like it tells you that something is wrong. Like that's the confirmation. If the whole song you were wondering, that's where in the end you feel that now nah, this is a it, it confirms everything. Or yeah, this is painful. You know, it's emotional, and that's like that daily suitcase of grief that one has to carry. Yeah, man, I was glad to make that song and how it came out. One thing I don't know if people hear, so I, I got a one of these bowls, man. Jenna Eko uses a lot of those bowls, um, like a humming bowl. Mm. Yeah, I got one, and like if you listen, is this? It's like a squeak kind of sound what's weird when you play that thing alone that bowl alone it also does some other other stuff every little element in that song like made a big big difference and you know everybody who also played a part of it they interpreted it perfectly you know what i mean so now what was your favorite song one of my favorites is impilo the calling with halala gumbi it just takes me to an ancestral place after producing the song it had no vocals but i knew already who to go to Ya 
it's so weird. Like I already knew and I sent her the beat and I'm like, yo, bro, you have to come through. And what I love most about Halala is she's hella spiritual and I don't know if she even like, I think she knows, but every time she comes to the studio and we work, any song we make, it's as if she came to talk to what she'll say in a song I'll relate to. I think there's something very strong about African languages. They're so unfiltered and raw and she's like multilingual. She sings in Zulu, Venda, Tonga, all of the languages. Like she's deep. So she's like, yo, I'll do one verse in Zulu and I'll do one in, in Venda. So she did that. The message is like, yo, time. Yo, time is yours. You are time. Time is not measured by, by hours and seconds. And that song, she's basically saying, yo, God has promised you time. You are there. Use the time you have. So you want to make sure that you're doing the most when you can and while you have the energy. When you're older, you won't be as flex as you are right now. You're going to get tired, bro. You know what I mean? She literally wrote that in studio. She's she's on another level, bro. She's, I hope, like, She's, she I am waiting. I've heard her twice. The first time I heard Halala was Barasos released a um A Prayer with Gumbi. Yes, a prayer with Gumbi. I initially heard about Barasos because they dropped a fantastic musical film. If you've not watched it, I yeah. definitely do suggest that you go and check that out. And she, I believe she's either yeah. the lead song or whatever. And I was like, who is this? singing because the things you're talking about in terms of like the so it feels like she's calling to you yeah the pain the emotion and there there's a certain resonance in the way that she sings and also i think in a lot actually all of the vocalists on this thing have different qualities like when you collaborate with tando i hear different tones of her voice that sound that, that yeah. sound more rooted rooted is the wrong word but yeah. earthy there's an earthiness that i hear when tando is singing on your stuff and i'm like yes this is this is the soul the new age soul this is the soul yeah i thought that with halala gumbi in terms of just that exact thing that you're talking about just calling us to it also just think about how different these two songs that we've played thus far are from memories of root to impilo the calling they harken different emotions and even different sides of you the next song that i'm choosing which is my second favorite song currently also adds another layer but i think speaks a lot to the tones which you were talking about in terms of timers of the essence it is with one of my favorite contemporary r&b singers who does jazz um, by the name of filala it is called forever and one of the quotes which i really love from it is you're way too hard you were work too slow and no one knows what you go through that kind of encapsulates the heaviness but at the same time the song has this very soothing feel about it that kind of just goes through especially enhanced by both the production and feeler and here it is forever So forever is literally one of my 
favorite like in terms of production that's one of my faves as well that sound that we were trying to go for there like when when i heard it first i wanted to have like an 80s slash 90s feel so the type of music that i would be played like growing up old music you know like motown music and it had this slow tempo but it was groovy because of the kicks the kicks keep going going that's what would make them dance. So even if they sing about something sad, but because the kicks are moving, you know, like you move with the beat of the drum, you know what I mean? It's like still being able to move with life, even though like it's hard, you know, like, well, that the feeling of that song, basically. I had been speaking to Fila a lot because I followed her because I was like, yo, this girl is dope. Like for me, she's like one of the best in like the country, bro. And I don't even think they know, but she's like up there, bro. I hit her up and I reached out to her. I was like, yo, look, I'm Rory. You know, I'm a producer, I make jazz. I really like us to work together one day. It was at a time when I really wanted to work. I think she was like uh, still finishing off a project. When I had the beat, we had just spoken a few days. It's like, yo, send me if you have anything. And I was like, yo, yo, I definitely have something, you know. I sent through Forever to her. At the time, I actually had just knew that the song was called Forever. I titled it Forever. I sent her some melody which was totally off key, but like it was just like an idea of how to go about it. And it's crazy what she did to it. I wanted to have like a variety of languages on the EP, you know, like sometimes a song won't cater somewhere in the world because it's in your African language. But if it's one song at least is in English, it can, you know, relate to other people that, you know, aren't really into foreign languages. So it was dope and like feel its harmonies. It was beautiful. And unfortunately, because of like COVID, she couldn't come to my studio. So she sent me over some separates. We were like, this is amazing. I was like, this has to be the first song that comes out because of the way it's groovy, but it's also addressing like what everybody goes through where like you work too hard, you work too slow and no one knows what you go through, dog. Like, I know a lot of people feel me with that or relate to that. You it's know? your journey. Yeah. Because no one knows what the full extent of your journey is. So it's exactly. you work too hard. Yeah. And I resonated with that a lot. That was a beautiful, you know, story. And I, I really appreciate being able to work with Fila. She's gone. She's another level, man. She is. I was lucky enough for her to perform at one of my shows two years ago. And oh, she assistant called the Broadcast Showcase. And she performed a song that she released, but I don't think it's available anymore, called Feels Like, um, as well as Ish. other... Because <laughs> that was that was full on jazz. Yeah. Like that was jazz masquerading as R&B. So like a lot of people would say it's R&B, mainly because of the runs, but you could feel her in it. So she performed there. Then her album came out and ha <laughs> she has a she is such a great storyteller in terms of her choice of yeah. lyrics in terms of even just bringing you into a very specific emotion even if that emotion isn't pretty she's yeah. like she has a way of soothing it bro she's amazing bro she's i'm telling you she's one of the best we have bro like I didn't know she was from Pretoria because initially when I heard her, I literally thought she's from like the UK or the States. And I was like, she's in Pretoria. There's no way, though. I have to shoot my <laughs> shot, bro. She's too much. She's too much. And then what is the, the final song that you're going to be introducing, sir? Okay, so my favorite song, one of my other favorite songs, Cynthia's Fire, you know. The feeling that went in with that song was, it's like a live long kind of spirit, like to, it's like a send off, but not a sad send off, like a proud send off, you know. I lost a friend of mine. She passed on in an accident. She's like one who used to be one of my favorite people. I wouldn't see her like all the time, but we were very close. 
one of the things that we get along with is music. She'd send me a lot of playlists and we'd circulate music the whole time. And that's what I like missed most, the way we used to share music. It was like our thing to share music. So I thought it would only be right to, you know, have a tribute for her on the EP as well, because some people need to be represented in like art, man. Art lives forever. I just felt it's only fair, man. She was a good friend of mine. Her mom is also an amazing person, man. I still talk to the mom. She's also very supportive. So yeah, man, that's just a tribute to her. She liked like soul, jazz, house, anything. She listened to anything. Even when I was creating that song, I didn't want to limit myself in terms of elements to use, but I just wanted to be punchy, bro. That thing, when it's played live, I was imagining it, you know, and it's crazy when it's going to be played live. So with that song, I felt like I was with witnessing a jam session. When I was a student, when I was still like a varsity student, I used to go to Bowls and Rosebank. On Thursdays, they used to have these jazz sessions. Low-key, it's yeah. one of the few places where I've performed and freestyled in my life. They Yo. just had these jazz musicians who for three hours went on straight just interpreting music. You thought that they were in sync. If one went off, people gave him his time. If another one went off from the bass to the drums. And I felt like that's what I was witnessing. It was just a lot of musicians who were in sync, but then giving each section its little moment that it can then just, you know, those jam, yeah. a full-on jam session of all the songs um, on the album, this one really felt like it was, we're here to make music and just feel the music that we're making. That's what I was getting when I was listening yeah. to Cynthia's Fire. It was very, it was very, this is live for me. I'm, I'm here, I'm yeah. witnessing it. So I, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, bro. Within your albums and within your projects, you do a number of tributes. And I've talking about Memories of Rue, we've talking about Cynthia's Fire. And 
the one which kind of connects i think through multiple projects is your connection with credo so i understand like from the ancestry and from from even just speaking to you i feel like part of that is kind of informing it but then what was that relationship with him for you that is informing how you create this musical relationship with him through your music credo is like I think I discovered him like in 2013 or 2012, somewhere there. And like, he literally changed my mind. I've always been like a person who questions a lot, you know? Yeah. Finding those videos and watching those hour-long interviews. And now you learn a lot about the reality that we're actually living in, not the reality that we've been fed. I think if a lot of people were to like, you know, listen to him, they'd say, ah, this guy's crazy, you know? But that's why I, I lean towards him because people who are kind of crazy are actually seeing the truth, you know? And if you tell the truth, they'll make you out to look crazy. And that's what I saw with him as well. It's so sad how human beings work is that you only, you know, get your cred when you're RIP. Only when you're RIP will they come back and be like, yo, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he's been there for years, bro, trying to give the true knowledge because a lot of knowledge we have is very westernized. There's a lot of things he talks on that are African. It goes with the history of South Africa and not just the history in terms of like apartheid. And I'm talking like the history, the birth of this country, sacred places in this country, specific mountains and what they mean. The Mbumalanga area is a super important area, you know? Yeah. And they still do tours there, you know? And th these are the kind of things we have to know as a people so that we actually know the power of the place we stay in. I don't think people know the power of where we stay. He would speak of that a lot. I related to that, man. And I always promised myself that I'd meet him. And unfortunately, like, it, it never, like, you know, happened. I never had that opportunity. But I think what I love the most is, like, being an artist is a dope thing. His books are still there. And I've always wanted to make a song with him. Like, my thing was, like, I'm going to make a song with that time. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, that never happened. So I always try to put him in my music. Like, I'll always do that. Reason being is that I want, I want people to to subscribe to something different like not only one thing maybe to try and think about something outside of the norm yeah and i just always put little skits where you you want to go maybe check who he is and then hopefully you stumble upon these other teachings that he, sp he speaks on you know it's just basically a lot of history man on who we are and why I love that is that it's very also it goes with like self. I really want to know who I am beyond what you see. I, I'm just trying to know who I am. And what I found from Credo is what took me to the same place. He was always willing to share a message with people, even if they were not listening. But what's sad is that he was spreading a message of truth, even with the music that I make. I want that kind of thing. I want there to be a message. I don't just want to make music for the sake of making music. I really want someone to learn something or to maybe move to like a different mind state of thinking, like not to just think in a linear way. Yeah. So with him in the music, bro, it's just about self, finding self. And that tribute, I literally made that song, I think it was a day after he passed on. And that's the first song I've actually made. And it was amazing. I, I cried listening to it. Like when I had played it back now and I finished, I was like, yo, this is actually very deep. But because I also never got to meet him, I really wanted to meet dude, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think somehow somewhere in the spiritual realm we might find that we're connected i don't know man but i i really love his teachings and you can feel it with the way you approach because again right now the tribute might still of all the stuff i've heard from you that one is the one which hit me the hardest just purely listening yeah. to it because that's what made me actually just i'm like nah i have to message this guy because what yeah. sorcery is this i was having a good day i was having a great day and then i just press play and all of a sudden i'm, I'm mourning and it's like 
whoa but yes so now with all of that you're not just a composer you're not just a producer all of this is under your banner of dream believe do which is your record label the things which you've been able to accomplish not just with the composition of your music but just also your approach to how it is that it gets out there because in researching you I was even seeing that there are Italian reviews on your music in Italian I'm like how is this guy even how is that being interpreted what is informing now outside of just the music making but the way that you approach how you give this to the world what's what, what's behind that and what's behind the vision of dream believe do i think what's different from anything is like how the whole team we approached music last year myself tando bara ja like we all work together like we're homies we love each other we're fam and we make music together and we all got together and we're like i think we all need a catalog if you want people to know you you have to have a catalog right so so that people have stuff to actually go through where sometimes you'd find an artist you really like but they only have that one song in this day and age music drops like crazy yeah easy to forget about someone so what you have to do is collaborate with artists and just create the catalog so we all decided like okay we'll create a catalog so that by the time that we actually know our way around music and the admin of music at least the music is there for them to listen the cv will be there so that was the whole aim in the start and in the start we basically just uh, knew how to drop music like the process of making the music and uploading the music but in terms of getting plugs and that we had no idea uh, then i had an opportunity uh, to actually like work with jazz groupies i hit him up and then we did the crossover so the crossover in terms of knowledge and what i've learned through creating that and the admin behind that that's where now i learned a lot of gems also like speaking a lot of with the good people from apple music i realized that like streaming services are like it's like social media basically but for music yeah it's a way to market your music and get fans and listeners when they advised me like i listened a lot and it was a thing where do good planning and that's what we didn't do like previously like we didn't plan in our heads we'd know that we're dropping on this date but we wouldn't be able to plan properly so what are some of the things which go into that planning now that you do know you need to know when you're going to finish your project and the difficult thing with music is you never actually know an exact date but it's important to give yourself a time frame for your music that time frame for me was i just knew that by the end of july around that time it was already like around feb so i had a lot of time on my hands to work on it and that like gave me goals to be like yo on this day i need to be done with this and then i must be going there now and when you're done with the music the other important part now is like the marketing element of music how do you gain new listeners you know yeah okay now we need to create content so he need to hit best up best is a graphic designer he's a graphic designer his name is apt because best is one of the best he's a genius bro like he's a genius he's far gone and i realized that yo i need to instead of just making a cover art you need actually content to be posting prior to that and i also started realizing that look there's this whole thing of like pre-adding an album or you drop a single before obviously people will be in anticipation of what's coming it's like i was just watching all these little things the labels do with the artists and also what other independent artists do and i was like that's the kind of planning now then you got your marketing ready got your music ready because that's the big element and from there it's now about knowing like how much are you spend you need a budget and i think this is one thing that i'm starting to feel now and i felt the most with the album is you have to save money for music 
if you really want to do it and you want to do it independent, you must really save money, you know, like every cent you get, like invest in something, you know, like you need a budget, you need a budget for your videos, your graphics. If you want to market your stuff on like an Instagram, you need a good budget. You can't afford to be marketing a great project with um, a budget of 100 rand on Instagram. It won't really reach a lot of people. So like you must be spending like at least like a grand. You'll see the changes because now you realize that you're getting more new listeners. Insta changed the algorithm. It's so dope how the ads work there. You get new listeners. And through new listeners, you get new opportunities because how everything happened is through an Instagram post that was sponsored. So you realize the value of social media advertising. If you have like money to save, save it and put it in there. You know, If you get money from music, save it put it in there you know i won't lie like the marketing for me has been like the biggest difference because one thing i've always known is that we really make nice music as a collective you know and as individuals too but the thing is like now how do we get it out to the world i think the biggest difference now is the planning and the marketing and building relationships i'm one person that dms people a lot bro i'm not ashamed bro, to ask for help or to say i want to work with you i don't have that syndrome where i have pride because i know in my head i'm just a normal guy i just love music that's all i know i love music and i want to make music so if i admire you or admire your talent i will definitely hit you up and that's how you build relationships and i try to be intentional in terms of i want to be like a an international person like in terms of production everything because i don't want to limit my sound to essay so here are the biggest sounds that we appreciate even myself is like piano you'll appreciate that because it's like the most stream sound other sounds get diluted in that you know like your alternative r&b's your electronic music you know yeah and we make fantastic of all of those action we episode really do. where we were, really do bro. episode where we were talking i think it's our seventh episode yeah. where acts like muzi how for example his radio play in the uk was is insane and it doesn't measure to what it is here mm. you're talking about the alternative alternative dance r&b it's a we export it greatly and i think what we kind of now just need to be doing internally is making sure that we have more spaces because i don't want to say there's spaces which aren't documenting things there are spaces which are more documenting things but giving them a level of prestige that people can then know this is where we can go to or this is what is happening and this is our story and having multiple voices telling that story because the way i interpret something is very completely different from the way you interpret it mm. but it's still very important i'm a person who the breath of my music breath of the music that i listen to i was introduced to a great deal of it if it wasn't mainstream through writers and through just different types of curation points that were like if you've not heard this thing just listen here and tell me what you think not even tell me what you think but this is something fantastic the truth of the matter is south africa is a mid-level market so even at our best we won't be able to compete with some of the larger markets generally yep. that's not a knock on south africa it's just how it is there are different markets that are bigger so i think what we kind of now just need to get into is more so for that market how are we capturing things better it's, that's what i'm saying look for some artists it's difficult because you're influenced by so many sounds bro like you just spoke about muzi muzi's dope bro but he's still making like it's very african you can tell that it's african right 
it's difficult for like those kind of artists like ourselves, bro. So we try to be intentional about, you know, maybe going out of the country and then getting the appreciation from there. And then your country will claim after that. Because I think that's that's just the way it is, you know. Like after you, you, you know, are being shown in the UK or in the States or in Spain or wherever, then your country will be like, no, nah, no. Nah. He's from South Africa. He's from South Africa. <laughs> that's that's how it goes, bro. You know, that's the name of the game. But it's not a problem because for us, it's just about moving the music. It's a dream of mine to travel the world, meeting different people, making music. Because imagine how much influence in terms of sounds you can find in the world if you spend like a month in a country with musicians from there. You always pick up new techniques. And it's a dream, bro. I, I really want to travel the world. Well, to be very corny, it's a dream that since you believe in, you will do. Aha. <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. For real, bro. So in wrapping this conversation, have you ever thought about scoring? To be honest, one of the main reasons I started producing was I want to produce music for like film. You know, I think what I love most about that world is that you're still making music, but you don't have to be in the limelight or be known or whatever. Those guys are making racks. They're doing what they love. They, they're moving along. Then they still have their privacy. They can walk anywhere without being known. Nobody's in their business. They don't get in trouble with the media. So I, I really love that. Just a fun fact, Barasos is like, I produce as well. They, I produce with Bara on Barasos, the tag team. So how I found that gift of knowing that now we make movie music is when we made uh, Divine Order 1. That's when we all realized that like I've got a thing and scoring is a thing where if I get the opportunity, I'd score anything. All I need to get is like someone give me a script and tell me what the mood must be and I'll try to get that as best as I can. So I'm definitely going to look into opportunities to, you know, score. Like it would be a dream to get a, like a, a deal to score a movie or a series you know, like, would be amazing, man. And then finally, when are we hearing this live? There are specific genres where the full experience is actually meant to be in your ear. But I believe a lot of what you do is meant to be felt in a live setting with other people. So that even the moments of Cynthia Fire, when you guys decide to go off, it's a once in a lifetime moment. Because that's what a lot of great jazz is. So when am I buying a ticket to Very soon, bro. I won't lie. Like right now, I just need one piece of equipment. Because the way like uh, I present my performance, it's a lot of digital. I don't know if you've seen the way Alpha Mist does his performances or like a FKJ kind of thing. It's a mixture of analog and digital and you need equipment and um, I need to practice, bro. So I can play instruments, but now the problem is I need to get the equipment and know how to use it quickly. Like, But as for the, like, the band and breaking down the songs, I want it to sound exactly as you hear it in the ear but with the live elements as well. So that's why it's so imperative to have the digital there. But I'll definitely be doing shows from September. Maybe we're going to be taking bookings. But yeah, bro, I'll, I'll be out. September, definitely, bro, I'll be out, man. Like I said, I just wanted to sound exactly how it sounds, bro. But the band and everything, they're ready. They play like crazy. We've got keys, drums, and there's another dude who plays tenor saxophone, and I play the alto, and it'll obviously be the digital. So 
I can't wait for that, bro. I think people are gonna love it as well, and I think even I will be amazed. I don't know what's gonna hit me when it happens because live is a different experience, my man. It's spiritual. That's why we actually have to make music is to actually go out. Yeah, and then finally, yeah. if people want to engage with you further following this conversation, how can they do so? Yo, I'm available on all social media. Um, on Instagram, King Somadiop. If you DM me, I'll definitely reply. On Twitter, Soul Truth, I'll definitely reply. My email is kingsoulmadiope at gmail.com. And yeah, always feel free, man. I, I'm, I'm a normal dude. I always reply. Even if I might take long, but I'll definitely reply. And yeah, we'll speak. Do what it does. Thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you have too. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I cannot wait to hear more from you, whether it be within a live setting, more of your music. You you are on a very fascinating journey to witness. Thank you for having me, bro. God bless your hustle, man. And keep going, dog. Don't give up, dog. It's going to be worth something like very, very soon. Sooner than you think, bro. <laughs>